Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we are finishing up Anna's unit on Girls in the City. Can mm-hmm. they have it all? Can they thrive? With, with uh, The Apology Project by Jeanette Escadero. Mm-hmm. So, Anna, what did you think of this book and this genre? Um, I... I liked this book, though I did, I have to say, with the caveat, I had some issues with some of the messaging in this book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it was one of those where I sat down and I started the audiobook, and I was like, I'm just going to be, like, doing my laundry and folding and stuff, and then, like, five hours later, I sat up from the totally horizontal position <laughs> I was in bed, like, what time is it? Where am I? I was, like, fully invested in, uh, oh, fuck, I don't even know her name now. <laughs> Amelia. Amelia, yes. I'm totally invested in everything Amelia is going through. I felt like uh, I I felt her to be a very relatable person. I love that, Mm -hmm. like, this is this woman who is, like, newly 40 and, like, looking back and being like, oh, man, I, you know, I have some regrets grappling with those you know, dealing dealing with like multicultural stuff, finding out about a family she never knew. There was just so much here that I was like, I I love all of this. A lot of this resounds with me. And then m- other stuff I was like, but I don't know. I don't know, I don't know like this bit. the whole reason you're apologizing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> Yeah, I think that there was definitely some of the apo- like and there was a lot of discussion of apology in this book, yeah. right? And uh-huh. like what it means and what it should be for. Uh-huh. And I don't know that I love where it landed. I thought it had some interesting de- uh, like points along the way mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely kind of the ending and where we landed on what the purpose of an apology is. I was like, oh, I don't agree actually. Yeah. But uh, I do agree with you that um, I started the book and I was kind of like, ugh. This yeah. is not my cup of tea. The first couple chapters, um, I was like, meh. But I guess that was the but, point. <laughs> yeah, but then I got into it, and I was like, okay, okay, yeah. Uh, it was it was fun, mm-hmm. and it was not – one of the things that I liked about it was that I didn't necessarily like or care that much about the romance angle Yeah, of it. that wasn't the point, yeah. Right. There was a lot of other stuff going on, and well, you know, I think <laughs> – The ending was a little bit like, wah, wah, why do that? The ending was a little like, okay, yeah, I guess, but <laughs> – uh technically because that was the ending i guess the romance is the main plot I guess, right yeah but there was just there was just a lot of kind of the classic girl in the city a lot of different things that she's dealing with and moving through and not necessarily like a big overarching plot as much as like a little a bunch of little vignettes yeah yeah that's a good way to Um, describe it it's like this is just a year in this woman's life or like not even a full year which is very uh, uh, Bridget Jones. And yes. Pretty, pretty Devil Wears Prada, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. They did all have those time or deadlines, didn't they? Or those, yeah. at least the first two really did. I, uh, yeah, I like what you say about it being vignettes. I, I feel like the book, I, I might have appreciated it more if it had like ended where with her feelings at like the Christmas party. Like, I understand mm-hmm. we had to go through the relationship stuff because that definitely needed to be resolved. Yeah. Um, but maybe if like we had shifted things around to where it just ended with her at Christmas reflecting on like, wow, yeah. I love all these people that are around me and aren't I special and happy and whatever. Instead of it literally ending a on a sense. proposal. Like, yeah, I was worried it was going to end with a pregnancy because of a couple of the classic. Oh, I'm feeling so nauseous. Oh, sort of yeah, yeah, came yeah. Up and I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. My no. jeans are fitting different. I caught that line. I was like, no, yeah. stop. <laughs> and she meant like there are a couple of things in there about her feelings towards motherhood. Um, yeah, and I was like, was. I'm not saying that she this character can't be a mother. What I'm saying is that I don't want that to be the resolution of her story being like, mm-hmm. oops, I got accidentally pregnant. Isn't that great for me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause that's weird. Yeah. I don't love that. 
<laughs> I do. I do kind of like how this book too was kind of like. Um, since we had gone through like the in in Devil's Devil Wears Prada is definitely the beginning of like girl is trying to have it all, and mm-hmm. then Bridget is kind of like the halfway like a mix of the two, and then this one is like she did have it all, but then she realized it, that wasn't really all that great. So we had a nice arc here with our business girls, which I think also like kind of reflects sort of what we were saying in episode two of this series about how the whole having it all thing has changed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like. 80s it was yes you can have it all 90s was like fuck what do we do now that we have it all and now <laughs> we don't want like, it all yeah now we're like we don't want it all this is actually trash capitalism sucks bring back around. our work-life balance <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean it's it is definitely reflective of this time period but i do think it is kind of a spiritual successor to these 2000s era books of women in the city trying to have it all you know for sure for sure uh with that in mind would you recommend this book to people uh i think i would recommend it to uh you know a a reader like i don't know if i would recommend this to like younger readers Mm. people who read a lot of ya ya primarily you know or just like starting to get into adult fiction i think this one you i like it's it's just much more relatable if you've had and i'm not trying to be like ageist here but like if you've had that life experience to like help Mm. you uh, relate to Amelia because otherwise I think like she is a very standoffish person uh, yeah. like a lot of the sympathy I felt for her was because I felt like I'd, I had gone through a lot of the same life mm-hmm. stuff that she had gone through not to say that younger readers wouldn't enjoy this but like you wouldn't get the most out of it I don't think yeah. um, and I, again I, this is a book for women I think um, so if you are in your 30s and you are a lady or uh, you know I don't know just pick it up and read it I don't know Yeah, I agree. I think that this is definitely pitched more at an not older audience, but like a fully adult audience, right? Which is, I think, kind of refreshing because a lot of romance does sort of try to bridge that gap Mm -hmm. between the two, Um, you know, because the YA market is huge. And if we can skim some of the readers out of there, then great. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. it, it was nice to kind of have this book that is definitely about and meant for people who are in a different place in their life mm-hmm. than just starting out. And I, I feel like who I would recommend this to more than anything is people experiencing burnout. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. Because I don't know, this was just, you know, it's something we've all thought about of like packing it all in, throwing your, your current life away and just doing something else. And I, you know, kind of went through that like a few years ago where I was deeply, deeply burnt out mm-hmm. in my uh, job at the time and ended up changing careers and I'm much happier now that was still kind of recovering from the burnout <laughs> it's a long um, process it's a long process and I I really resonated with a lot of kind of the more therapy moments in this book mm, of sort of mm-hmm. her talking through things and thinking through things I was like yeah yeah totally I totally get this feeling of uh just looking at where you are in your life and being like this is how did I get here why why is this not you know, working out the way I thought it was and just being fucking tired. Right. Right. Uh, So I think if you're experiencing burnout or if you're like considering, you know, a big life change or something like that, not saying that you should take your advice from a book, but uh, you know, it's, it's a nice kind of example of that. Just to show you're not alone. Like, yeah, these are common feelings that people have. And I think like that, again, it's just like about representation, right? Just like Mm -hmm. someone going through the same shit you're going through. It's comforting. Yeah. Okay, so we 
generally positive about this book. Yes. Have you been reading anything else, Anna? I asked, knowing that we talked about how neither <laughs> of us have read anything yeah. in the three days since our last recording. Yeah, we've had some uh, just like slight, slightly unusual recording schedule the past week, and we are recording these nearly back to back. So, um, <laughs> no, but you know what? I could tell you some things I'm excited to read now that it's going to be fall. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds fun. Okay. I pre-ordered this book a while back. It's already out in the UK. And I think this is mostly, this is like a British novelist and this is her like American debut. So Mm. I don't know anything else about her body of work, but, um, I am a sucker for a book that does weird things with the meta of it all. And, um, this book is told as if it is a, uh, like a transcription of a true crime documentary. And so it has like, it's like interview format and then it has all kinds of, uh, multimedia things slipped in as well it's a book called murder in the family by Kara hunter that sounds really interesting that's all i needed to know about it honestly to pre-order it because i'm simple and i know what i like hey that's uh, you know you know i know, you know what you are yeah exactly um i was also really excited to see that ali carter is releasing an adult book Oh, I saw that. Um, yes, called The Blonde Identity. So yes. if you are around the same age, maybe like five, five, within five years of my age, you probably read some Allie Carter growing mm-hmm. up. She wrote The Gallagher Girls. She wrote High Society. So she's all about like these fun books aimed at uh younger girls that are basically about teenagers being spies and doing like or being thieves as is the case with the high society books um and it just being like a fun good time but she's written an adult book called the blonde identity where this girl finds out that her identical twin sister is a spy and she gets kind of like sucked into that whole life on accident very excited Mm -hmm. for that um and then this isn't a new release but i only found out about it recently um this book called The Blood Trials by N.E. Davenport, which is like a, a science fiction kind of like it sounds a little bit like The Hunger Games to me, um, where a, a young a young black woman is is put into these deadly trials in order to become an elite warrior in this really like I think it's both like a racist and a misogynistic society. So it's probably not going to go well. The trifecta, for her. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it sounds really entertaining. I've heard good things about it. Um, so I've been excited to pick that one up. I know they're not all like super fall reads, but for me, like fall is kind of when I get more into my like, um, like mysteries and, uh, like not, not romances, basically. (laughs) (laughs) That's my, my reading is, is strangely seasonal that way. I don't, I don't reach for romances outside of spring and summer. Usually. What about you? Are you reading spooky stuff? Yeah, I think uh, since we're kind of moving into spooky season, probably I'll be like looking into some some scary books, but I haven't really decided what what genre that's going to be. And that's probably going to be podcast related. So, you know, um, Mm -hmm. we'll see. We'll see where that that comes up. But uh, I did find a bunch of books that and I can't believe I forgot this that I wanted to read while looking for this book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So but they like just didn't quite look like they fit the like the brief of what we were looking for. Some of them include uh, Sunshine Nails by Maine Nguyen, um, which is about, like, a family running a, a nail salon in Toronto and, like, dealing with gentrification and stuff. Interesting. They, I found one uh, that came out earlier this year called uh, Much Ado About Nada mm-hmm. uh, by Uzma Jalaluddin, which is, like, a persuasion retelling 
uh, in Toronto. Interesting. Both of us are in Toronto, which is weird. Toronto Toronto's is where it's at right now, apparently. Where it's at, literarily. Um, so I really wanted to check that one out. And then I had this one um, on my list from a while back, but then I forgot about it. And then I found it again while I was looking for this. Um, the Romantic Agenda by Claire Kahn, who, if you remember Claire Kahn, I've recommended before mm-hmm. for um, uh, uh, Let's Talk About Love. Uh, she writes like ace love stories which yes. oh, yeah, love yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah so this is another one of that sort of vibe and i loved uh uh her last one so i really wanted to read this one too and i'm happy i stumbled across it as a reminder that i need to actually oh, yeah. check it out because it's been out for like a year now oh, i will be checking that out next spring or summer right? <laughs> when i'm it's, in the mood for romance again it looks super cute um, but yeah, nothing really in the past three days that I've read. Yeah, yeah, in the same way. I, I, I did get, receive a book in the mail today, and I was like, can I read any of this before we start recording? And the answer was no, but I'm very excited mm. to get to it. Uh, but yeah, so. Oh, cool. We'll let you know. I guess we'll, we'll re-recommend you know. those Maybe books. Maybe some of those will be recommended once we, and just if we don't recommend them, don't assume that means they suck. It just probably means that we wanted to recommend something new, but you yeah. know, we might recommend it once we read them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's like one of those books that's like, it was entertaining, but yeah. does it need a shout out? I don't know. I read a book like that recently and I was like, it was entertaining, there's, but like, I don't know how many other people would like this. There's a few like that where I feel like, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, but I either enjoyed it because of some very specific like tropes that I like yeah. <laughs> or uh, I'm like, eh, it was good, but some of it's problematic and I don't necessarily yeah. want to like uplift that yeah, right? exactly yeah 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 or it was just meh or it's just meh it just it was a you know, three I, star like did the job it was a book book i i will say i have recommended some books on the podcast before that i feel like were just meh for me but i feel like some people would really like them mm-hmm. um and i'll leave you guys to figure out what those were <laughs> all of them <laughs> i've never liked a book she's in my never life. found a book she's enjoyed except for lady sherlock <laughs> You can change the name of the podcast, but I'm still a hate reader at heart. <laughs> oh, throwback. Throwback. Anyway. All right. Well, let's talk about this Let's book talk about this book. Both liked Wink Wink. Wink Wink. Not me, because I hate everything. She, <laughs> truly, she does. Um, okay. So, The Apology Project. We have our main character, Amelia. At the beginning of the book, she is working, she's in Chicago working as a uh she's a partner at a very important big law firm called jjf and uh she is the only woman partner of course and um, classic (laughs) she has a reputation for just being really harsh we'll say um she has no uh room in her life for people who make mistakes so uh, at work, she has, she's gone through a few assistants and secretaries and stuff like that. She's yelling at the interns who, when they're slacking off, she just she just has very high standards. And when people don't meet those standards, she tends to let them know in a very kind of rude way, uh, swearing at them, calling them names, making sure everyone knows that she's like trying to make them feel as bad as possible, um, insulting their boba, insulting their boba, which was so like. <laughs> That was honestly the point where I was like, I do not like this woman. Yeah. it's so fucking rude. Like, everything else, I mean, I think we kind of see as it goes on that a lot of her being mean to people is brusqueness more than meanness, yeah. right? Yeah, like, if, if um, she were a man, would it have been commented on? Maybe exactly. not. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, this gets discussed in the book. But then there's some things where I'm just like, girl, you can't 
do that. And the main one for me was the boba because that's she walks into like a meeting and one of her teammates is drinking boba Uh and she's like, what is she like sees it and doesn't know what it is. And she's like, what is that? Is that marbles? Uh Like, babe, why would it be marble? Why? Why would you think a grown adult would be drinking marbles? Why would you assume little pieces of glass? I think she just says it looks like marbles, but still, like, you know, it's not marbles. You don't need to say it's marbles. And then she's like, like, they explain what it is. And she's like, I hate tapioca. And I'm like, babe, you're not the one eating it. Exactly. And And she literally says to him, repulsive. Yes. And then she's like, how about if we just stick to coffee from now on? I'm like, you You need to stop. You can't control what people consume. You're an absolute menace. And like the most kind reading of that is that she is super autistic. Mm. Um, But I don't think that she is. She's very in tune with her emotions once she's out of work. (laughs) and, And the rest of the book just doesn't follow that lead at all. So it does feel very like. How, you know, I get your high-powered lawyer, you're under stress, whatever. Uh-huh. That felt almost cartoonishly villainous in a yeah. way that I was like, okay, would she, would, if your whole vibe is that you only care about work and what work, blah, 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 blah. Why would you even bring it up? Why would you bring it up? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Come on. Yeah. She, <laughs> some of her, her issues, like, do not get addressed in a way that I felt satisfying. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole point of this book is she, she gets, I'm just to give a brief overview, we'll get into it, but like she gets, she gets, uh, fired from her job. She lets, gets let's go for reasons we will explain. And then realizing she has no friends sets out to apologize to all of the people that she's wronged in her past in order to re, um, uh, restart those friendships. Um, and, uh, so some of the people that she's apologized, she's like, um, some people I just don't think deserve an apology, like all of those people that were inept at the office and I would, I would swear at them and yell and throw things at them. I just don't think they deserve an apology because they really were bad at their job. So I was in the right. And I was like, mm. Mm. where are you? To be, to be fair, <laughs> she never threw anything at them. She just, just threw them. things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which. Mm, <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah, I definitely. And, and it's such a, it's such an interesting problem that this book has yes because it kind of wants it both ways Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. being like the reason that she feels the need to apologize to these people is because she's a woman and she's been been conditioned to think that that is what she is supposed to do yes and that she needs to reach out and apologize for stuff but also women apologize too much and we need to investigate that. But also she is in the wrong most of the time. Yes. But also is she really, or is it just, you know, she was behaving in the same way that a man would behave in the job, but also just because a man does, it doesn't mean that it's it's acceptable and you should hold yourself to your own personal standard, not to whatever a man would do would be okay. But you know, like, so it just keeps kind of, it doesn't really reach any conclusion on it. Right. Mm -hmm, It kind of just, is aware of both of these things where it's like, yep, women apologize too much. This woman does need to apologize. This woman did do some really shitty things. Uh, and, you know, I get that it is probably hard for someone who lived the last 20 years, because she's, she's worked at this law firm for 20 years, who's, who's lived a lot of her adult life acting this way to then mm-hmm. suddenly in the course of a few months have a complete 180 and be like no I should be I should be humble and I should be nice to everyone like okay that's a, that is a lot of work to do really quickly um but also like for the final message of this book to be like yeah. actually no because they were making my life hard at work I deserved to treat them like they weren't even human is like hmm <laughs> Sus. I mean, it's weird because <laughs> we've got all of these you know 
levels here of like when she does apologize to one of her coworkers, they're basically like, yeah, it's NBD. You were doing the same thing that all of the partners do. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, she's like, well, no, I should still apologize. And the coworker's kind of like, yeah, maybe, but not really. Like the coworker doesn't seem to want an apology necessarily. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And then, you know, when she goes to have her moments back at the office, uh, a lot of the workers there kind of seem less like, oh, we're owed an apology or like we expect an apology and more just like, yeah, she was a bitch. Oh, now she's nice. Okay, that's cool, I guess. I don't really care one way or another. Right. Right. Like she just um, did not matter really to us at all. <laughs> which I think she brings up that yeah. she's like, I am like acting like these apologies matter, right? Mm-hmm. Because they matter to me, but they don't necessarily matter to the person that I'm apologizing to, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they might not think of me. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot going on and a lot to unpack, and I don't really feel like it landed on any, like, it floated a lot of ideas about what the purpose and reason for apologies are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it did land on one, but I was very unsatisfied with yes. what it landed on. Yeah. And like this book was was doing a lot of work. Like there's a lot of things here to grapple with of like the morality of of lawyers and how a woman should be treated in the workplace and in society as a whole and what it what it means to be burnt out and realizing you are friendless and hobbyless at the age of 40 like there it, it is doing a lot but for a book called the apology project i feel like the apology part of it should have been the strongest of yeah the messages i don't know so <laughs> but so she's working at this law firm and and she's been assi- assigned a high profile case for this man named hugh phoebe i don't know what it, what he does but he is a very rich man who has landed himself in some trouble because uh he has been touching women without their consent oh no so he was his criminal trial he was indicted acquitted i don't know the correct terminology you're gonna have acquitted to forgive me would be the one where he isn't punished he did not go to jail for his crimes but now they are taking him to civil trial in which he could be sued for a lot of money uh and that is the trial that amelia is in charge of uh defending him in and the partners the other partners are all they all come to her and they're like okay this is the defense that you're going to use and essentially what they want to do is discredit the victims and make the victims look like they are like drug addicts or alcoholics or just like have bad memories like they want they want to make these women look awful and amelia says like you know i was already having some issues deciding like for me if this was an okay case to take but the fact that you want to discredit the victims does not sit right with me here is an alternative uh defense i was thinking of and then one of the partners the son of of the big head honcho basically says some really misogynistic terrible things to her about how women should just uh be barefoot and in the kitchen and having babies which is super cool and uh she goes to slap him and she trips and falls as she does so and instead ends up like breaking his nose and spilling hot coffee all over him because she was holding a coffee cup and the coffee cup breaks and this is important because it was a mug from someone that she had been best friends with her entire life and had fallen out with and it just like it strikes something emotional in her um so she is a very good lawyer she's very good at her job and so she is able to um get the law firm to 
pay her out a huge settlement so that she doesn't sue them for sexual harassment. She does have to sign an NDA saying like, I can't talk about why I was fired. And as, as do the partners, they all sign the NDA and she's not allowed to practice law with for one year within 10 miles of this office, the city. I don't, I don't really know what the range was. Cause I was like, what if you just like went 10 miles away and gave someone right. legal advice there? Is that, I don't know. Um. I yeah. And I think like, and she also has to not talk about the fact that there is an NDA. Yes. Yeah. They can't even mention I don't that. know if that's standard, but that seems like, I guess it would make sense because it's like, oh, if you, if people know there's an NDA, they know that something happened. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, how are you? that's how are you supposed to like explain anything to anyone right like yeah I mean I guess you know she negotiated it so she'd be fine with it theoretically but at the same time I'm like what if you know she was married and she had to like explain to her husband like or wife uh are spouses like omitted from NDAs like is that kind of like how your spouse can't testify against you in court can they also be privy to your NDAs (laughs) I feel like there's got to be a loophole there, right? But then there can't be, right? Because then your spouse, then your spouse can tell anybody. NDA, and they could tell anyone, yeah, right? Yeah, so that's like, true. But if it's something like that where it's like a big life-changing thing. Be able to, maybe they would also sign the NDA then. Maybe they would also sign the NDA. Or like, I feel like just being able to mention the NDA, you could be like, I can't discuss it. I'm under an NDA, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And then, you know, people can take of take from that what they will mm-hmm. which but i don't know maybe that's not standard maybe you're supposed to pretend the nda didn't happen yeah you know yeah i don't know i've never had to sign silly. one i'm not privy to any good secrets <laughs> i mean you wouldn't be able to tell us if you had <laughs> this is reverse psychology i've signed so many <laughs> ndas <laughs> oh shit they're all null and void now because i said that god dang damn it, it. <laughs> Now you'll have to give back your millions. My millions of dollars. Yeah. So she she is she has the millions of dollars from the settlement. She has previous investments and in things as well as having made a humongous salary the whole 20 years she was working for this law firm. So she's just telling everybody I'm retiring because I'm tired. I'm tired of working. I'm burnt out, whatever. And most people who know her very well, like her family, are like, mm, this doesn't sound like you. You're kind of like a workaholic. You love your job. You love being a lawyer. This is weird. But again, she can't say anything to them. So she's just like, nah, I just, you know, I just wanted some time away. I'm retired. Tell everyone I'm retired. Um, in the meantime, she's like full on having a depressive episode in her apartment, uh, <laughs> laying in bed in a Dolce & Gabbana suit, uh, eating Nutella with her fingers, like very relatable. Who hasn't right? been there? Who hasn't been there? <laughs> Um, and her sister, her sister comes upon her. She has a, a younger sister, I think, named Nina. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, she's like, you know, I know you can't tell me what happened, uh, but you you need to get out of this rut. Why don't you have a birthday party? Your fortieth birthday is coming up. Um, I'll I'll plan it and I'll invite everyone and I'll make sure everybody comes. Let's just have this big party. Amelia's like, okay. I'll, I'll, and she is the type of personality that's like, okay, I'm going to plan it all though. She makes Excel spreadsheets with a guest list and everything that needs to be done, whatever. Um, and she plans this whole big 40th birthday party and nobody shows up. Oh, tragic. This is like, to me, it was like, I can't, the heartbreak. I can't imagine. I can't imagine spending probably like tens of thousands of dollars on this party, renting out a private room at a very like, uh, popular restaurant downtown Chicago like having it fully catered open bar bought this brand new designer dress just like devastating do we think that Nina knew this would happen that's an excellent question because here's the thing Nina is dating a guy who works at the company Uh 
and fully understands that like everyone there thinks her sister's a bitch. They call right? her she demon behind they her call back, her she which demon. she only knows because Nina told her that's what Kevin said. <laughs> right. So like Nina's got the DL. Nina knows the scoop here that yeah. like people don't like her sister, but she keeps pushing it like I'm sure people will come. You know, they love free food. And we could take that at face value. That yeah, Nina's they just do love like, free food. People love free food. But we could also wonder if Nina, the therapist, is a master manipulator who realizes her sister has no friends because she's a huge bitch and wants her to have a come to Jesus yes. moment. And so had her throw this party yes. at which no one would attend. And perhaps that's also why she wanted to plan the party in the first place so she could just not invite she just, anyone. She wasn't going to invite anybody. Ah. <laughs> And I think also, like, she makes the invite list, but she sends it to Nina. Yeah, yeah. She did I, Well, she would have had to send out invites because John got the invite from someone else. Yeah, forwarded so. from Margie. Yeah. Yeah, so there is one one guest outside of uh, Amelia's family. Man. One person comes. His name is John, and he is a new hire. He, he started at the firm after... Uh, um, Amelia had quit or been forced out or what have you. Uh, and so they never met before, but he was forwarded this invite from someone in the office and he assumed as, as I would, if, if I was forwarded an invitation to something that everyone in the office was going to go. So he's like, well, I'll just right? show up because I love free food. <laughs> That's what, no, yeah. why did they forward him the invite? Without saying go? anything. Oh, like the only thing I, cause I kind of got this vibe from him, right? Uh-huh. Because he. He shows up and he's very insta love, which is yeah. part of why I didn't really like him. Yeah, um, I, yeah. He was basically immediately like, "You're perfect, beautiful, wonderful, and I love you. You're so cool. I love that you're mean to people, um, because you're mean in a fun way. And as long as you're not being like mean, mean, and just being like yeah. cool, you're just a, you know ambitious and assertive, and I like that. Assertive woman. woman. Yes, yeah. I love that. Um, but he also knew of her, right? Like, so she has a reputation. Been, she has a reputation, and he, she knows of him as well because of his lawyering. He's done such good mm. lawyering um, that I'm kind of like wondering: is this more of a borderline stalking situation where John is like, kind of, has seen her picture in the paper or has heard oh. these stories of her, and is like maybe even mentioned at the office, like, oh, is so and so. Is, is Amelia, like, does she still, like, I know Amelia works here. Goes uh, into her, her old office. office. It's like, right. it smells like her. <laughs> so did the secretary um, maybe, like, she forward it to him? Up because, on that. because he had, like, stated something about wanting to meet her. Maybe not even in, like, a creepy, like, datey way. Maybe just, like, oh, I've heard, like, some of her work, and it would be cool to pick her brain. And then someone was like, oh, yeah, she doesn't work here anymore. And he's like, that's too bad. And the secretary was like, oh, I'll forward him the invite. Maybe he'd want to go. Yeah. Not realizing that literally no one was going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be that just like nobody nobody discussed it with each other and none right. of them knew no one was going, which I mean, that feels probable. I feel like if everyone knew no one was going, then some people would show up, you know, you would right. think. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, just a nice weird. person. Yeah. It's just weird that she forwarded it to him, I agree. period. I agree. He, it's like, he never I guess met her. maybe... Maybe under the assumption that a lot of other people from the office would be going and it would be a chance for him to schmooze, you know? Uh But I don't know why she would assume that when she herself was not going and presumably nobody that she knew was going Mm -hmm. because, you know, so I thought, you know. My thing was, I thought the whole time that this, there was, uh, John was going to have. A, a secret identity like if he was like a journalist or something you know like trying mm. to get the inside scoop or he was someone on on uh the other side of the lawyer yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like trying to, i thought that was going to be the twist but no it just turns out he did just work at this law firm i thought there was going to be a a 
John Dark arc where there kind of was, but not quite, yeah. um, where it turned out that he was like legitimately being told to basically either spy on her. Yeah, make in sure order, like, she's by not. The, mm-hmm. Or like try to get her to reveal the NDA thing and fuck it up. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was kind of my thought. I was like, I bet that he's on the take from the the from the partners uh, higher ups, and they're being like, hey, yeah, go go date this woman and get her to spill spill the beans, and we'll make you partner, right? Yeah. Um, that's not what happened, no. but that because he's just so insta love. I was like, he he's is. He's have obsessed an with her immediately. And like, so she she approaches him at, at her party because she's never met this man before. And she's like, hey, hey, you know what? Stop eating the food that I paid for for the guests that didn't come. Stop that. Stop Leave. that. <laughs> like immediately tries to kick him out of this party. And he's like, I am a guest. I got an invitation. You might not have sent it to me, but I did get one. <laughs> Which I debate if that counts as him being a guest, if the actual host yeah. of the party and the people throwing the party didn't invite him. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think I would be... <laughs> I would I would not be mad if someone was eating the food that I paid for that was going to go to waste otherwise. Oh, for like, sure. For yeah. Sure. She was very protective of it, though. But um, but so they start talking and she basically like they're they're drinking because she had an open bar and she's going to get her money's worth for just herself if she can. Uh, so they spend the night getting to know each other and drinking. And they do have kind of one of those instant connections where she finds herself being vulnerable with him and opening up and just um, telling him about how like she knows that she it comes off as a bitch. Uh, and she knows that a lot of the re- uh, probably the biggest reason that people did not come to her birthday party is because they simply didn't want to. And she wants to come up with a way like she she basically was throwing this party to uh, extend an olive branch and maybe like apologize to some of the people that she did feel like she wrong, like some old friends that that she her life got too busy for or whatever. She wanted to like reach out and, and rekindle that friendship. But none of them showed up. And so and so he, they, they get to talking and she's all sad about it and he's like why don't you just apologize to them all and they make a list of all the people she feels like she needs to apologize to which when I started this book I was like it's gonna be so many people right because she was so mean Mm -hmm. it's like 20 and that's and that's with some of them lumped together as just the office the office and that seems like it was probably the bulk of it Mm -hmm. um uh, which also it's that is kind of like I don't know how you would handle that if you were just I guess you know maybe specific people on your team deserve a for a full one on one apology yeah. but like how would you handle that if you were just generally known as being a bitch yeah and like you want to I guess you know kind of what she does which is spoiler alert she gets buys lunch for the office yeah which yeah is like, which yeah, it honestly, says a lot to soothe over I think a lot yeah of her that feelings. seems like, like I think that plus what happens when she yes, does the lunch. When they I think a lot out. of people were like, oh, fuck this, yeah, right? Yeah, Um But yeah, I don't really know how she should go about, because that, I, I get she was mean and yelly to a lot of folks at work, but there are a lot of folks at work, and I don't know if it's worth anyone's time to individually apologize to like 100 people who right. you are, might not have a specific event that you can hearken back to, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. It, most of them just kind of fall under the umbrella of just like I'm generally bitchy around mm-hmm. them. Um, so yeah, I'm like I guess, there's not really a better way to handle that. I guess, I guess that's true. I think I would have liked I don't know like I've, there's probably definitely some people in her life that she came upon like in the service industry maybe that mm. she like maybe there was a barista she should have apologized to or but like see, I kind of I kind of feel like there wasn't because mm. I feel like it's kind of brought up a few times like her sister's like you're a nice person mm. outside of the office right okay. so it does kind of feel like she's just a bitch when she's in 
when she's in law mode law mode right and it's like that's not cool still but i can buy that you know because most of the other things that she's apologizing for aren't her being crazy over the top bitchy right Right. it's more like friendships falling apart Mm -hmm. her doing something actually hurtful in a relationship like that's cheating on somebody (laughs) cheating on some well being the one to cheat do the cheat she did a cheat yeah she did a cheat she wasn't she inserted herself into someone else's relationship essentially that was a very funny i felt like the response from that one was appropriate (laughs) yeah absolutely and i think that that's another thing i liked with this book is that uh, you know it wasn't it it wasn't always like a, a a bow on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like, and then we talked about it, and everything was fine. Like pretty much all of them. It are was work. Like this, yes, this is just the foot in the door to repair this relationship. Or I've reached out and said my bit, but either they don't really care or they don't accept that, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to keep pestering them about that because that's their right to not accept that, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, I like that. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. Um, just kind of having the office all as one. I'm like, okay, cheat code. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and honestly, it was really, well, Margaret had her own separate mm-hmm. spot on the list. I was like, really? It was just like the one person I feel like she truly needed to apologize to, which was her, the uh, the office assistant. Or I don't know if she's like an admin assistant or like a paralegal or what her actual job title was, but uh, she, she definitely got the brunt of it and definitely yeah. needed uh a, a big apology but there was a lot of interesting dynamic there with her and margaret i felt yeah. like because like so you know we're kind of she spends the rest of the book, book apologizing to people right? and then she <laughs> gets in a relationship with john and we'll talk about what we want to we'll, talk about we'll get the wrap up at the end but let's yeah. talk about some of these apologies yes uh, so the the margaret one yeah she apologizes to margaret and she um you know margaret's response kind of mentioned earlier is basically like well you were doing what the men in the office do yeah. you know it's what i expect from this office uh-huh. right which that's fucked up but uh yeah you know but she's like she i know of... i work at a toxic work- workplace you're not special for having been mean to me everyone's mean right. to me right <laughs> just sad she margaret goes, she goes and talks to john about it because john works at the office now and knows margaret as well and she's like well i don't understand really why i have to and i can't remember if this is no this was after she apologized yeah because uh, she's talking about how margaret I... was like always mean to her yeah, she's like, Margaret was always mean back. Like, you know, Margaret wasn't nice to me either. And John's like, mm, she has a disabled son. And I'm like, okay, no, though. Like, that doesn't, if what was being reported is correct, that Margaret is also rude, then her being worn out from having a disabled son doesn't excuse that. It explains it, perhaps. Yeah. But the way that Amelia reacts, where she's like, oh, my God, I didn't know. And it's supposed to be this thing about, like, well, you never know what someone's going through, mm. that they might be being they mean to you. They might be having like, well, that a works. bad day, too. That works for Amelia, too, then. Yeah. Like, you can't no. be like, well, Margaret, you don't know what Margaret was going through. She might be having a hard day. It's like nobody knew what Amelia was going through, and mm-hmm. her maybe having a hard day and having to deal with sexist assholes does not excuse her being an asshole to other people. Mm-hmm. Like. This that's silly. What are we doing? Yes, it was. And then I felt like Margaret's whole reaction of like then making again like oh my god, I feel so terrible. I think about all the times I probably made her day worse. Isn't there something I can do? Like can't I pay her money so she can have more help for her, her disabled son or can I like is what can I do to make her life better? To make me feel better about the fact that I was mean to this woman who has a disabled son. And it was just like right. eh. 
And it's like, you shouldn't want to make her life better because she has a disabled son. Yeah, right? you should just be nice to people. You should be nice to people. Yeah. And honestly, I don't necessarily necessarily think it's out of place for you to consider, like, was she being underpaid? Did I give her enough time off? Those seem like Those good are... things for you to consider. Yes, yeah. But, but also you can't you don't have do any anything con- about it now. Right, you don't have any control about it now. Mm-hmm. It would be weird and out of place for you to go ask her if she wants more money. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Just throw her a million dollars and be like, now don't work, you know? like (laughs) You know, go take care of your disabled son. And also, like, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't be feeling that way because she has a disabled son. You should be feeling that way because she's a person. Yeah. You know? Yes. Because the workplace is toxic. You should be fixing the workplace. It also just rubs me the wrong way of like, oh, gosh, she has a disabled son. Her life must be so hard. It's like, you don't know what her life is with the disabled son. Yeah. Like, you don't know what level of care she needs or provides to him or mm-hmm. what. Like, And, that's, like, it's... John tries to tell her. He's like, stop. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, John. She doesn't need I'm anything. Just, like, John needs to not be out here spreading this woman's business, though. First of like, all, yes. She very specifically hasn't told that many people at the office. Yeah. He needs to not be telling her former boss who she never told this information to. Right, The whole right. situation was, was wild. Margaret was wild for being mean back to... Uh, mm-hmm. being mean to Amelia. Amelia was wild for being mean to Margaret and then only feeling like it was bad that she was mean to Margaret because she has a disabled son. John was wild for coming out here and sharing all the facts about the disabled Honestly, son. Honestly, like, Margaret should have had John sign an NDA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she works at a law firm. Yeah, NDAs always. NDAs all the time. Anyway, so that was the Margaret That was one. the Margaret one, and that was that was fine. The, the, the very first apology she does is, is wild, absolutely wild. Uh, because she she has this friend that she had in law school who was just like a it was she was the the friend was the sunshine to Amelia's grumpy right she's mm-hmm. like this genuinely nice person who wanted to go into law to do pro bono work and to help people who were less fortunate okay great um they were they were besties in college and then Amelia had like a little fling with this friend's brother mm-hmm. come to find out after that she the 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 brother had had a girlfriend that whole time. Amelia is embarrassed, is angry, does not, just decides in her anger, she's got to cut them all off. She cuts off her friend, just like ghosts her completely. And uh, then I think they like meet later in life, like they have a court or they have a court, they have a, um, they go up against each other in court and uh, the friend wins. They do a court battle. They do a court battle. (laughs) Two lawyers enter, only one leaves. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the friend won the case, I think. I think this is the correct situation I'm thinking of. Anyway, um, and she was, like, really pissed off about it and remember and remembers thinking, like, how she wanted to wipe the smug smile off this other woman's face or whatever. So she's like, yeah, I, would, I guess I'll just apologize to her first. This seems like the easiest one to do, whatever. Has no way of contacting this woman. John immediately finds her on Facebook. And he's like, look, she just posted some photos in this location. Let's go to there. Okay. <sighs> totally normal. They 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 have woken up. They had they had sex the previous night. Woke up completely hungover. Uh Amelia has nothing to wear except for a dress that she shrunk in the wash and a t-shirt that she's wearing over it. So she's like wearing the full dress as a skirt and then um has has one of John's t-shirts on top of it. John went in normal clothes, I guess. They pull up to the location. It's a church. And she sees the woman and she's like, oh, my God, hi, it's me, Amelia. And the woman is immediately like, please tell me you're not here to break up the wedding. And she's like, what wedding? She's like, my brother is finally getting married. Please just like, just leave us alone. Leave us be. Uh, And Amelia's like, oh, shit. No, no, no. I had no idea about that. I just came here to apologize to you for what I did back in the day. And uh, anyway, I'm going to be really awkward about it. Enjoy the wedding. Bye. So I have a question with this. Yeah. Did the friend 
the sunshine friend. Mm-hmm. Did she know about Amelia's fling with the brother while it was happening? It didn't sound like it because she said they would sneak away. Okay. So, because um, my thought is like, kind of, what are you apologizing for, right? Because mm. like, worst case scenario, the friend was aware that the brother had a girlfriend and didn't tell her, mm-hmm. right? Like, in which case. That's fucked up. But if, like, the friend didn't know that they were hooking up, and it sounds like that had the potential to blow up very, very badly. Mm -hmm. Like, I get sort of, you know, oh, it's not fair for her to have cut off the friend when the brother was at fault, right? right? But, like, also, I kind of don't really blame her for that. (laughs) She's, like, a young adult in, you know, law school, so in her, like, early 20s. Um, and it's probably super embarrassed, super embarrassed and, uh, you know, feeling upset about the whole thing. And like, yeah, I would say reaching out is maybe justified to be like, hey, you know, we haven't talked in a while. Sorry that I kind of went. I guess that is an apology there. right? Yeah. Like, just sorry. just to be like, yeah. or just to say like, hey, you know, um, I this I've had the, I'm having an embarrassing I had an embarrassing situation come up with your brother I just need some distance until I can get over things a little bit um yeah. you know but also like just I trust in your feel, friends though a little bit yeah but I kind of feel like even I mean that's her brother right like what is she gonna do reach out to the front and be like hey your brother was cheating on his girlfriend with me mm-hmm. like and then you're putting her in an awkward position of having to deal with that with her brother, I kind of feel like the best thing she could have done for her friend was disappear into the night. Just just leave forever. You You never heard from her again. She spent a wonderful week with your family at their ranch in Wyoming or whatever. And then she just, (laughs) she just disappeared. It just, it just seems. That is an awkward situation to navigate. Like it was a very awkward situation and maybe not worth all the angst. Yeah. You know, years later. Yeah. Which I, I think is know. one of the things that Amelia comes to realize is like a lot of this stuff, like it wasn't worth hanging on resolved. to these negative feelings yeah. for so long. Like I should have right. just, I don't know. <laughs> or like this was a big deal to me, but it wasn't a big deal to them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So she does, she, she apologizes to her and, and it seems like this woman does not take the apology well because like what a wild thing at your brother's wedding <laughs> to have happened to you. Uh, and, but she does add Amelia on Facebook, which is yeah. a, Social media presence. Amelia has never had a social media presence, so she makes it. She makes a Facebook, and then the day she makes a Facebook, this woman adds her, and it takes her a while to realize. But like that was her extending like friendship because yeah. I I don't know if I like super cared for also like the social media thing of this whole book of like mm-hmm. Nina the the therapist sister is like oh my gosh that's a huge gesture that she added you as a friend on Facebook I'm like. It's not though. Like it's it? when was this book published? Like I, I just don't. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. No, so, it's not. It's not. Yeah. My my only like here's how I read the situation mm-hmm. is that the friend was like, this was weird. This girl showed up at my brother's wedding, clearly drunk. Yeah. She uh, reeked of alcohol and I don't know <laughs> she what she was wearing. Alcohol. Strange man with her. Uh-huh. Who, All very Who sketchy. shook my hand and introduced himself. <laughs> I don't have any hard feelings towards her. Yeah. And probably the only thing that I was feeling was confusion. But I also, it's not clear if she, what she wanted out of this, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and add her on Facebook. And if she wants to keep reaching out, then there's that line, yeah. right? I, I want to know what happened all those years ago between her and my brother. Like, yeah, <laughs> that would be like my thing. Was, like, what the hell happened? Very, yeah. And she even says once, um, uh, 
way later in the book, once she does reach out to her and be like, hey, do you know about XYZ thing or whatever? She's like, oh my gosh, it's so good to hear from you. Like you didn't upload any pictures on Facebook. So the implication being like, clearly she was planning on doing the like, liking and commenting sort of thing. Yeah, to kind like, of are you a scam person? Like, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just it, the the social media of it all did feel very dated, but also yeah. she's older. So I mean, I guess, but... You know, it would be equally weird, I think, if they were adding each other on Snapchat. That's also, what do, yeah. What do 40-year-olds use? I have no idea. I guess in, I guess meta. Meta is what, yeah. yeah. So, I guess. I guess. I just, you know, I haven't. To really me, it was weird. on Facebook in 15 years. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, there's that. I think the biggest, the biggest uh, apology of the entire book, though, is her... Uh, her friend Luann, her best friend that she grew up with, they've been best friends since they were five years old. And from Amelia's point of view, the two of them just kind of drifted apart as adults. It happens. Like Amelia was on her way to become like uh, the first woman partner at this law firm. And she had like a, a high powered job that's always on, always on call and, you know, working almost 24 seven. And Luann was, um, she was married. She got pregnant. She had to like Amelia doesn't know the the part that uh, her friend had babies or anything. But like you know, she was married. She was in the suburbs. Her life was not as like quote unquote glamorous as as Amelia's she, was. She was also married to a man that didn't like Amelia. Yes, which I think which is, is a big piece of, of it, and it was kind of glossed yeah. over. Yeah. Well, I feel like it was always kind of the implication. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like she, she does have a line where she's like, yeah, he was like, Mitchell was feeding me some information and I realized now I was dumb to listen to him and blah, 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 blah. This whole relationship was very interesting to me because Amelia does end up apologizing, but she's kind of like, I don't necessarily feel like I'm the one who should be apologizing. I think this was equally like I, she was the last one to reach out, right? Yeah. She had texted Luann a few times and didn't get a response. Mm-hmm. So she's not the one who cut contact. So she's kind of like, I don't really know what I'm apologizing for, but I do still feel like I should apologize mm-hmm. because like, I, think I miss that's you. Doing. Yeah. Right. So to me in context with the Mitchell of it all, what this reads as to me and kind of why I feel like maybe Amelia needed to apologize more was that um, Mitchell is in a toxic, like Mi- he Mitchell was, was toxic. Right? Yeah, absolutely. He's, Some kind of emotional abuse there going on. She's oh, divorced from him at this point. Yeah. And we see like he is controlling about where she can go with the kids. Like not in like a super heavy way, but like it's it's mentioned a few times that like, oh, he would never let me do XYZ with the kids, but also like he wouldn't take them if I wanted to go on the vacation, right? Like, yeah. Um so there's sort of that aspect to it. And then like added to that, like he's trying to get rid of Amelia and is probably trying to isolate Luann because he's abusive, mm-hmm. right? That does kind of add this layer of it of like yeah you weren't paying close because this is what Luann says is that like every time they hung out they weren't dealing with Luann stuff they were dealing with Amelia's problems Mm -hmm. and Amelia's work life and Amelia's like issues right Mm -hmm. so to me what this reads as is that Amelia was not aware that her friend was in an abusive marriage Mm -hmm. Um, whether that just be you know it's it's never necessarily stated that it's physically abusive but you know it definitely wasn't good. Implications. And yeah. it definitely was emotionally abusive as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, like, that's kind of the thing there, really, that's, like, the issue isn't who stopped talking to who. Mm-hmm. The issue is that you weren't there for your friend when she needed you, mm-hmm. right? That you 
didn't and I mean like it's kind of unfair to say like oh you got to recognize the signs of abuse but at the same time it's like you should you should have fought harder for the friendship yeah 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 and I I think Luann's mostly just feeling a lot of resentment uh, misplaced or or not that's kind of up to you to decide but like she's feeling resentment towards uh this person who has known her her entire life and didn't see the signs and and maybe also like feeling that sort of um uh like a a misplaced sense of shame as well because of it too Mm -hmm. and 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 they reach they reach a point like they both apologize to each other like there's definitely um like amelia reaches out to her first and uh decides that like no actually this pisses me off that she's mad at me and i'm not going to apologize to her and kind of like gives up on it and then comes back later and realizes like sometimes you have to be the bigger person and i'm going to try and fix this because i truly do miss her presence in my life and um through that the two of them are able to kind of come to a mutual like yeah we both fucked up um but let's like let's apologize let's move on and with the understanding that like it's not gonna be 100 percent perfect immediately but that like we're gonna do our best i thought it was like and, kind like, of a nice just a nice their, female friendship yes their whole relationship like because the, there are a couple a couple moments that really were just like oh chef's kiss yes um when luann was sick mm-hmm. and had the Amelia, flu yes and calls her up and luann's basically like doing the thing that moms in general but single moms especially will do of like well i just gotta power through this and take care of the not kids not allowed to and, be sick you know, I'll, mm. you know, we'll talk later. And Amelia is like, mm, no, she obviously needs help. She doesn't feel like she can ask for help. I'm going to go bring her soup and I'm going to bring her like supplies for being sick. And I'm going to, you know, tell her that I'm here for her to take care of the kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Like she can go rest. Mm-hmm. And like just that, like I teared up with that. It was very she was sweet. Just, like it's so sweet. And then also the the moment where Luann like calls her or texts her and is like, hey, you know, I've got a babysitter or whatever like this once do you think you could like yeah. do you want to go oh out and get dinner yes and she's immediately like i've already got plans with john i'll tell john he'll but, understand yeah. and which is like, good know, on good john make, too honestly good on john like but you know 100 percent. like yeah you know this is a friend that you don't get to see without the kids that mm-hmm. much and, you, and she's so excited and she's so excited and you know that like the thing that ha- was the issue before was you putting other things in your life before her mm-hmm, right oh mm-hmm. it was it was so like I was such like, growth <laughs> growth Yes, it was it was really it was so sweet. Good. I I love so their sweet. friendship and like even even though like they both acknowledge like there's this layer of awkwardness between the two of them because they've you know been out of practice of being friends and there's so much that they missed in each other's lives and you know they do they do stumble sometimes but also they you see like on the page people putting in the work to have like very deep and meaningful relationships and you don't often get that especially in in romance novels where the best friend is often relegated to just like quippy one-liners and mm-hmm. you know um a a backup coupling yeah so. it was it was great it was I good loved their relationship it was good it's the highlight of the book absolutely um some of the other apologies we've got uh there was a law professor who she tattled on when the law professor graded her too harshly yeah it sounded like and a so very formal like, complaint to the administration yeah. and so she wrote to the law professor oh, and was like so i'm annoying. sorry i did this and the law professor was like yeah it absolutely didn't affect my She's life like, i never even bit, knew you but... read that or wrote that there was nothing <laughs> but, you know, ever that you learned to... in my class didn't yeah yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah i like that um, she's like yeah you know what this was a good apology i'm glad i did yeah, that <laughs> yeah and there was the the girl in the band mm. who her boyfriend was also in the band and amelia got a little frisky with the boyfriend mm-hmm. even though she knew that boyfriend had a girlfriend right yes um so she apologized to her and her response was basically like 
I'm not gonna accept your apology so you feel better about yourself like fuck yeah yeah Um, and I was like you know what good for her good for Lindsay yeah Yeah, absolutely Mm -hmm. especially because it's not like she had a relationship with Lindsay right yeah this is a stranger Lindsay has no reason to forgive you for that Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um so we've got all that going on and then, and then there's the other ex-boyfriend that she did do a casual cheat on. Amelia, yes. y- young Amelia is really. <laughs> Wait, did she do a casual cheat on him or did he do a casual she cu- cheat she on her? She kissed another boy, I thought, at some event. Like, because he was his... like, I knew you wanted to break up with me at the end of the school year before you went to college. Oh, and I'm thinking of the other ex-boyfriend who did cheat on her. Oh, yeah, Marcus she... the asshole. That does yeah. not deserve an apology. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she does apologize to another ex of hers that she did do a slight cheat on. And uh, he was like, you know, no, I should apologize. Like, he was totally fine with it. He was just like, bygones be bygones. We were both young. Uh, and I have no hard feelings towards you. And they, you know, I, I presume they have some sort of friendship after that. But he never really comes back into the book. So, yeah. Or they might not. And that might be fine, And that too. might be fine, too. Yeah. Um, the one person that I felt like, especially kind of early in this storyline, that she did need to apologize to and never did was her fucking father. Because let's oh. talk about this for a second. Okay. Um, her mom gives her and her dad 23andMe tests because her dad it was adopted. Uh-huh. Um, that seems weird to have gotten the daughter also 23andMe to, because yeah. the dad's adopted because like it's going to be the same results in that regard, mm-hmm. right? The only new information you would get would be the mom's side, but the mom also has done a 23andMe. Right. So it's kind of like, what are we doing? Um, I guess she knew because her husband was disinterested. Yeah, yeah. So she gets a 23andMe and Amelia does it. And her father is basically like, I don't want to know anything about my birth family. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not anything that I would, I feel it's disrespectful to my adopted parents. And I, like, don't want to reach out to them, don't want to talk to them, blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Amelia gets a result and kind of immediately starts up a correspondence with her dad's cousin, who um, is from Cuba and, you know, explains that her biological grandmother uh, left Cuba when she was pregnant um, because of, you know, fear of repercussions for that. Yeah. And ended up uh, having the child and dying in childbirth. Right. Mm-hmm. So this sends Amelia on a, a, you know, quest to reconnect with that side of the family and her heritage and all that. And she ends up eventually going to Cuba, um, which is all great. Yes. But I do feel like she kind of overstepped a bit when she a just bit. started sending the info to her father. I was like, he said he said he doesn't want to know. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. And he's cool with it. He's like, oh, that's interesting. Don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but like she shouldn't have told him. She shouldn't have told him at all. Like <laughs> she maybe it would have been appropriate to say like, hey, someone did reach out. If you ever want to know more information, let me, let know. me know and I'll forward it to you. Yeah. But she forces his- it all on him. Yeah, yeah, and is, like, upset that he's not more excited about it. And I'm like, he already explained to you very clearly what his boundary was on this. Yeah. And you just kind of blew past it. And, again, it's great for you because you are reconnecting to this family side and, you know, meeting these people who you're mm-hmm. resonating with. It's like, for very her. Strongly with. Yeah, yeah but, but your dad said he didn't want that, and that's not your call to make. Mm-hmm. So that kind of pissed me off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it did feel very uh... – it felt rude. And, and I mean, she does the same like with her with her sister, too. Like she's sending Nina all this information and Nina's like, you know, like I'm I'm glad you're excited. But like this really doesn't mean anything right. to me. I'm not super interested in, in learning about all this or meeting these people. I have enough in my life now. Which uh, like that's that's also, you know, sucky because Nina's kind of like, I don't care. But yeah. at least in that situation, it's not something that's potentially traumatizing to Nina. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's like telling like 
just breaking the news to your dad that yeah. his mother your bio died mom's dead. mother your bio mom was 15 and died in childbirth yeah and i know you didn't want to know any of that but i feel like you should know but so i needed I'm to tell, tell somebody yeah. it's like girl i get you don't have any friends but that's something to discuss with a friend yeah call you a know? man next time yeah don't don't just dump this on your dad when he said he doesn't want to know that's not your call to make yeah yeah uh so yeah she does all that um then there's the romantic complication uh, between her and John, where they are they are in a relationship together. Though it takes it takes Amelia a long time to decide that she wants to date John seriously, because while she is very attracted to him and acknowledges that the two of them have very good chemistry, uh, very fun dynamic, uh, she is concerned because he does work for the law firm that uh, is representing the man that she had a huge moral compunction about and is. Kind of like, you know, indirectly, the reason why she is no longer working there. And she she has decided that she has a strict moral code when it comes to um, when it comes to where she will be a lawyer in the future. Uh, and, and she bumps heads with John about this because John is like, this to me is just a job and I can separate my private life from work. Uh, but you know, like we just have to have this agreement not to talk about work around each other because apparently this is going to be a huge sticking point in our relationship, which, well, and also because he like understands that there's stuff that she can't tell him. Mm -hmm. Like she, you Mm -hmm. know, it's pretty clear that she's keeping stuff secret, which to me, when he was kind of like pushing about it, I was like, he's trying to fight. He's trying to get her to break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like he, he's basically like, I can't, uh, if, if you're not going to tell me what the boundaries are, because that would break her NDA, right? Mm-hmm. You can't then be mad at me for whatever I do, right? Exa- if you're yeah. not giving me the rules. Which I thought was fair. Like, John John was uh, – he also had another line. He's like, girl, it took you 20 years to figure out yeah. that this was a terrible place to work and you're expecting me to have been psychic and made that decision already? Like, what? I <laughs> Which, Right. Yeah. And it is also, like, I feel like she kind of keeps getting in the situation where she's like – Oh, I can't tell him because of the NDA, so I just won't tell him anything. Mm-hmm. And, like, her sister kind of points out, like, you could, you know, imply some things, right? Because you could have said what points, it wasn't. Yeah. Her sister points out that, like, her first instinct when she heard about this was that, like, Junior, the misogynist dude who she slapped, mm-hmm. uh, assaulted her, mm-hmm. right? Like, that was what she thought happened. And that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. But she's kind of – and I think John kind of says that at the end, too, that he's kind of, like, assuming that it was beef with Junior – and doesn't know that it was Phoebe and how they're handling that case. Mm-hmm. And um, the comments that were made specifically to and the Amelia. comments that were made. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it it is it feels very to me like Amelia is so caught up in the NDA thing that it's like you could have just been like hypothetically, if you took a case and it turned out that the person that you were defending, the strategy was to um, put the victims on the stand and slander them uh, based on their sexual proclivities when it was the middle of a case that was about their sex, like someone taking advantage of them sexually, what would you do with that? Right. And like, mm-hmm. that's not breaking the NDA. You're asking hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs> or just being like, what are your thoughts on women in the workplace? Like, right. <laughs> or just, you know, anything about uh, what would be something that would make you drop a case. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, just figuring yeah. it out that way. You don't. You don't have to. And also, just kind of like you can't say I was. I had this settlement because of this altercation that we had because of this thing with Phoebe, mm-hmm. right? But you could say something like, 
in the future, I will never take a case in which X, Y, Z thing, right? Yeah. That's not talking about what happened. Mm-hmm. That's talking about what your standards are for yourself moving forward. <laughs> you know, it's just like for a lawyer, you're not lawyering very Yeah, good. honestly, where's lawyer... the double speak and everything? Like, why aren't you just... <laughs> Surely you know gonna, the exact gonna... <laughs> parameters with which you could get away with talking about this situation. <laughs> Some lawyer's going to be <laughs> commenting like, actually, the NDA doesn't work like that. And you wouldn't be able to say a hypothetical well, thing because what? blah, blah, blah. If and you're I'm a like, lawyer yeah. listening to our podcast, go back to work. No, I'm just kidding. Go back to work. You're very busy. You're very busy from what I understand from this book uh, <laughs> um yeah so so this is this is the problem in their relationship and it all kind of comes to a head when uh in her attempt to apologize to the office she brings lunch to the office and is serving it to them herself when in walks junior the the man who she has beef with and he basically is like security escort this woman out she doesn't need to be here and that she she's like i'm gonna stand up for myself because like i i deserve to be here he i'm not the nda does not say i can't come into this building and i bought lunch for people and like i'm here to see my boyfriend and so she's like i'm gonna stand my ground and uh john is like there next to her also like you know being like hey you can't talk to her this way uh and then um Junior says something that violates the terms of the NDA. And so Amelia is able to lash out at him a little bit more. And he kind of like, it's revealed to the office a little bit about how he, how he would treat women. And uh, she does eventually end up leaving. But then like, she gets into a, a, she gets into a fight with John because it is revealed in that argument that John is going to be representing this man, Hugh Phoebe in his civil case. And there's a little bit of uh, fuckery here from from Junior where he, because what he says is like, oh, you're getting John to do your dirty work for you. You wouldn't take the Phoebe case, uh, but he's obviously, he obviously doesn't have a problem with it or whatever. Um, and he also like claims that it's her fault that the firm lost a ton of money and nobody got Christmas bonuses. And it's like, mm. I mean, yeah, you know, like that she lost, that you lost a ton of money is because of the situation with her. But like, that's not her fault. That's your fault for being a dickhead yeah anyway yeah um so there's like this manipulation going on with junior there too uh and then so when she goes to confront john about it and she's like you know i didn't know you were on the case basically you you are going to if you are going along with what they want to do then you are not the person that i thought you were Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and john's kind of like I just got put on this case. I don't know what the plan yeah, is. Yeah, he's like, I, I have no like, idea what your beef is other than that the case, you get mad about it. So, like. Right. And she's, she's, I feel like, I feel like her thing, because this scene in the audiobook, I tell you what, like, I wasn't super into John, but the voice actor really did put her whole voice sissy into this. <laughs> and just, uh, like, absolutely, like, heart-wrenching when she's kind of like, I will hate you when I get, when oh this trial is Oh, my God. Over. Yes, that like, line. Damn. That line. Damn. This and breakup I mean, like, scene I, was brutal. <laughs> this breakup scene was rough because, like, yes, I do think Amelia was kind of uh, jumping to conclusions without evidence, mm-hmm. which, you know, is has been something she's done the throughout time. the yeah. book. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I don't necessarily think she's wrong for assuming that John will keep going along with what the partners want him to do, right? Mm-hmm. She, she's you know, kind of once bitten twice shy here of like this job in order to be good in it, you have to suck up to that. You have to be morally reprehensible. Like what you're not going to leave the job and they're not going to change their mind on how the, the defense is handled. Mm -hmm. So 
obviously you whether or not you know that this is the plan right now you're gonna end up doing it yeah. you know and she's wrong about that because john is a good boy she's only but... wrong about that because she screamed at him if she hadn't have yelled <laughs> maybe he would have i mean i i do think that by the end of this it is kind of I think John clears his name. Yes, in terms yeah, of, in a big way. <laughs> yeah, she goes. But she goes out to Cuba and reconnects with her yeah, roots to escape because so she's, she's like, I can't be. I can't see any of the footage of the trial. Yeah. It's just gonna piss me off. So she leaves the country for three weeks. Yes, <laughs> you and know then she comes. The back privilege and, of that is is incredible for her. I'm happy yeah. she was able to do that, but. I did like there were a couple times there that she mentioned that this was extremely privileged. Yeah, of her. So yeah, she, like, she was you know, very she's aware of her position. It. Yeah. Um, John mentioned it a couple times too, and I was kind of, like, not even his privilege, but he said, "Oh yeah, the, you know, the firm's led by old white guys." I'm like, "And what are you gonna be in ten years, yeah, John? Yeah, what are you gonna?" Be? <laughs> That's why <laughs> I, I think that was even mentioned in the book. He said something about like, "Oh yes, I respect women," and 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 something like that. And Amelia was like, "But he would never know what it was actually right, like." Right. <laughs> like you're right. So there was a little, there was a little bit of like, "Okay, John." Yeah. <laughs> with this whole thing, but she gets back and she's like, doesn't look up anything about the case immediately. Well. And but she eventually hears that it was settled, yes, right? Uh-huh. Um, and that the victims did get a ton of money, right? Uh-huh. Great, love that for them. Um, but she's kind of getting calls from John and whatever, and she's like, she blocked, blocked, ignore, <laughs> don't care. Yeah, he's obviously a shithead. The only reason that he didn't do the thing was because the trial got settled, yeah. Right? And all he's saying is, pro- call me, call me, call me, right? Yeah, I don't know what the prosecutor or the not the prosecutor, what the uh, the other, the the not defendants, fuck, what are they called? Uh, what are the ones that want that bring the suit? The suit bringers. The suit bringers. What, I don't know. The, it's the opposite of defendant. The problem. Offendant. No, it's, not, it's the the you know in law. No, I don't. I need to the, watch Legally Blonde again. There's the defendant and the. It's not prosecutor when it's not a criminal trial. Prosecutors when it's criminal. It's the plaintiff. The plaintiff. You got it. Good job. I would never have. The plaintiff's lawyer. She's like, the plaintiff's lawyer obviously dug something up. And that's what happened, right? Uh So she's just like, fuck John. He's a dick. He wouldn't. I'm a changed woman. I learned I have Cuban relatives. I don't want to talk to him anymore. And I'm like, okay, but you actually, like, this is really silly that you're like, he definitely did this yeah. thing. And even though that thing didn't happen, he would have done it. I'm like, I don't know, babe, you should talk to him. Yeah. Just <laughs> at least find little... out the details of the settlement. Maybe this felt a little like contrived to have the big moment and yes, kind of undercut some of the growth of being like, maybe talk yeah. to people about your relationship <laughs> instead of just assuming the worst. Uh, yeah. Cause like the book does end with John being like, I'm still mad as hell at you, but also I love you. Will you marry me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but it's then, like, okay. Are you going to, the book just ended. I was like, oh, you're not going to talk. Okay. That's it. That's That's it. That's the end of the book. I mean, he like explains that basically she gets an email from someone that is clearly named John, John. named John. (laughs) She's like, truly there's millions of Johns in Chicago. (laughs) I need legal help. Please come legal help me. And she's like, okay, I guess I will. And goes and is like, what's up? And he's like, it's me, John. And she's like, oh my God, you're John from the email. And he's like, quite obviously. I'm also John in real life, baby. (laughs) And he's basically like, I told them that I wasn't going to do this defense and that it was fucked up. And I think it's kind of implied that he like, does he say he leaked something or like? I think some... just I don't think he leaked anything. I think they, they he like sabotaged basically. Yeah, he sabotaged the case. Yeah, much. Uh-huh. and so they had to settle. Uh-huh. Um, 
which now has gotten at him in a bit of trouble. Because Actual legal JJ trouble. F is suing him uh-huh. for fucking. And he almost over. lost his license, but didn't. And he did lose his job. Yeah. So she's like, "That's great. I guess you're not a shithead, and we're gonna start a law firm together, baby. Yeah. We help nice people and only do nice things. Yeah. And I'm like, and he's like, "Will okay. you marry me?" And I'm like, "All right. That's it. I'm going back." Feels like we should have ended with the Christmas scene, like you said. There was, was a like... nice Christmas scene where she invites over like three people, and then those three people bring more people, and they all bring yeah. food, and they have a wonderful time, and she feels happy and full, and it's a very sweet scene. But we and ended that could have easily gone after the, you know, yes. like, we just had to. It didn't have to be a Christmas thing. It could have been some other yeah, dinner thing. It could have been and... like an epilogue, or it could have been like yeah. her forty-first birthday party, which they kept hinting yeah. at throughout the book, but. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I Overall. Overall is a good book. I do think like some of the stuff, the apology things of like, the book did finally land on like, yes, apologies we, I, we aren't for the this. person we've wronged. Apologies are only for me and to make me feel good. And that was no, kind of incorrect. like, yeah. Incorrect. That's wrong. Yeah. Actually, wrong. how did we land here? You shouldn't apologize just to make yourself feel better. You should apologize because you actually mean it. So, And I say this as someone who fucking loves apologizing. <laughs> So, like, I do get... Such a woman. Golly. It's a, uh, no, like, when you have, <laughs> like, a, a real child. thing you can apologize for, mm. oh, my gosh, please, everyone, tell me what you're mad at me about so mm. I can apologize for it, because it is a rush. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> One time, seven years ago, you said... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, probably, I also do feel like apologizing just for... Apologies are for me. Mm. But that's not how you that's should be You, you should not just say, I only do it to make myself feel like a better yeah. person. Yeah. Which is like the, what the book definitely does land on eventually. Yes. Or saying, well, it's I'm like, just doing this project for me. So who cares what these people think? And it's hmm. like, I, I think that there is something there to maybe evaluating your relationships mm-hmm. is for you. Mm-hmm. But that's different than apologizing, yeah. right? Yeah. An apology should never be about you. It should be about the person that you hurt. Exactly. Exactly. So it's wild that this book just came out and exactly said the opposite thing as yeah. its thesis statement. I liked, I wish we'd explored the thing with the band lady more where she was like, mm-hmm. no, fuck you and your apology. I feel like that could have been a big moment for Amelia to be like, you know what? Sometimes people aren't going to accept your apology and you have to settle with that with it yourself. But like, you can't please everyone all the time. You know, like it could have just had yeah. a different, slightly, word it slightly differently. Like I can kind of see what does- she was going for, but like. She does kind of earlier in the book have these moments also of being like, is it okay for me to reach out and apologize, right? Yeah. Is this, am I intruding in people's lives? Is Mm -hmm. this something that they'll even want? And I think that with that in, in concert with the thesis of apologies are a special treat for the one apologizing, (laughs) like that's real that is really self-centered because she has this and it's very similar to the thing with her dad right where it's like i feel like i need the family to be connected Mm -hmm. so i'm going to dump this information on you and i don't really care how you feel about it Right. right and the apology thing kind of ends up being the same thing where it's eventually what she lands on is like it doesn't matter if they want or need my apology i'm gonna do it because it makes me feel better Mm -hmm. and it's like it's it's very close it's very close to like it's very close to being the correct sentiment the correct but just yes. the way it's worded in this book it just it just made me feel a little bit like mm, keep going keep working just a little bit more and you're almost there and, sweetie you're almost there and i feel like it it is it's just a little tweak of it being like it shouldn't be apologies are for me yeah right uh-huh. it should be it doesn't matter if they want the apology or need the apology 
I'm apologizing because it's the right thing to yes. do because my actions yes. were wrong. Right. Yeah. And that is kind of still for you, but it it's not exactly mm-hmm. right because you're you're saying that the apology is to try to mend a wrong. Yeah. Right. And we get into that in this book a lot, that the apology itself isn't necessarily enough, that mm-hmm. you have to take further steps in some situations. Yeah. Just like Daniel Tiger says, saying I'm sorry is the first step. Then how can I help? Yes, exactly, Daniel Tiger. (laughs) Everyone should listen to Daniel Tiger. He's a genius. (laughs) A genius boy child. Um, I I did feel like she gave quality apologies to people. Like Mm -hmm. she didn't, uh, you know, just blow it off. Like, oh, it was a long time ago. Hey, sorry for that thing I did. It was like she made genuine attempts, and I felt they were all very good apologies. I just, the motivation behind them needed to be cleared up just a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very close. Very close to being... Very close to being a perfect book. <laughs> a great book. Yeah. I will say, I do think that this book, in addition to, you know, we'll get to in a second, mm-hmm. does this count as a girl in the city? Can she have it all? Mm-hmm. Um, no, the answer was no for this book. She can't have it all. No, she can't have it all. <laughs> uh, well, she does at the end. Yeah, she gets, she's start finding a new job. Yeah, yeah so it. she can. She can. We'll but see how that works terms. out for her once she gets stressed out again. <laughs> right. Um... <laughs> But I think this is also a book that fits into one of our former units, Garbage Girl. <gasps> yes, Amelia is this a garbage girl. It's definitely a Garbage Girl for a book. Yeah, she's she's, she's pulling her. herself out of that dumpster, though, man. She's doing yeah. she's doing and great. She, she has her manic pixie dream John with her. Yes, who yes, is absolutely. Just in love with her, and you know, immediately the perfect boyfriend. Yes. Ugh. Which honestly, so that's emotionally what I, mature. That's what I want. This John. That's what I want in this book. Yeah. I didn't want. I don't want drama with him. No, that more didn't. than there was. Yes, it was the correct amount of romance. I felt that we also got in like Bridget Jones of just like mm-hmm. it's just a sprinkling. Like you could take it out, and the book would still be whole, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. So, do you think this is a, a girl in the city? Can she have it all? Book. I think so. Like I said, I think it, it nicely completes this arc that I've made up in yeah. my mind of mm-hmm. gr- young girls starting to have it all, like in her thirties, girl struggling to maintain it and then this woman saying like i cast off the vestiges of capitalism and i make my own happy in this world i remove the chains of it all yes (laughs) i'll make my own good and i will have all of it i can so yes this was a nice this was a nice update to very one could say tired themes that we had in the Mm -hmm. 2000s of having to like just basically work yourself to the bone in order to have anything and i guess kind of a follow-up to that um so this genre, we've kind of talked about, you know, it's not as much of a genre anymore. It's no. harder to find the ones that is this thing. Yes. Would you be interested in, like, maybe in the future looking into either uh, reading some of those 2000-era ones that you haven't read mm-hmm. or looking at the ones that maybe you did read? Because a lot of them have sequels up to today. Up to uh, today? Yeah, there's a few out there that, like, kind of oh keep my. going. Do the shopaholic books keep going? Um, I know Sophie Kinsella know, is still coming out Sophie with books. Sophie Kinsella is a thing, yeah. Yeah. But How good they still are, I don't know. I did have a deep connection to her work that one time where I was like, anytime I was sad, I was like, I know these books will make me feel better, but that has yes. since passed for me. Um, um, the most recent Shopaholic book was 2019. That's not too far so away. Not yeah. Too far away. That's pretty modern. Kind of seems like that might be the last one mm, just because based on uh, the they were a little bit more consistent. Mm. No, the oh, title's just Christmas Shopaholic. Um, but I, I, I mean, definitely, you know, it's in, well past the prime of this. Genre. It really is. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say I would go back and reread the ones I've already read, just because, like, mm-hmm. we, we've read, we've gone back and read a lot of books written in that time period, and they just have not yeah. aged well. 
Yeah. Um, and so it, it would be hesitantly, I would do that or just like going into it with the expectation of like, I am on a lot of fronts, probably going to be disappointed by some parts of these books. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I, this is definitely a genre that I feel I would dip into in if, as new books are coming out. Yeah. Um, I, I especially love, I love the, the age of this character too, because so many of, um, the books that deal with these topics are like women in their 20s and you know appropriately so the 20s are a wild time in everybody's life you're just trying to figure out what it means to be a person right um I can understand why there are a lot of books written about that but you know this age range I feel is often neglected especially with books that have like uh romance and like first time romance like this isn't she's like never been married she's never had yeah you know like this is like a uh, she had a fiance that didn't work out, but like that doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and also it's not a it's not a um, because I feel like this happens a lot too of like uh, in this age bracket, someone that you used to know, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. A returning love interest that you miss, the one who mm-hmm. got away, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was nice that this wasn't that. Really. Yeah, it was nice. It's a book about a woman who had just hit forty and her life is starting. Like yeah. this is this is a brand new start for her, and I felt like this was such a refreshing and optimistic look at a woman in her forties that we don't often get represented. And as I am growing ever closer to to that milestone birthday, it just is nice to see it represented. Yeah. Um, not that I, I don't also... still dip my toe into YA every now and then, or mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. every other book that's about someone in their twenties. But um, yeah. I would also say. I would be really interested in seeing either examples from the 2000s, which I did look for, and I couldn't really find that many good examples of, um, or like more modern sort of takes on this idea of just like a woman's life in the city and uh, kind of comedy vibes without it necessarily being super heavy romance mm-hmm. that are a little bit uh, less white and straight and cis. Yeah, don't right? come at me with that Lena Dunham bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just, it, it definitely, this genre and all of the examples pretty much that I saw were very white, very mm-hmm. straight, very cis, and often taking place in very diverse cities, right? Yeah. So um, it's strange, I mean, isn't it? That all of the yes, women who are successful so are one skin color. <laughs> yes. So I would like to read, you know, a Bridget Jones who's gay or a Bridget Jones who's Asian yeah. or, you know, whatever. Um, I also that would do be cool, like I the think. diary format a lot. Like, what, can we bring I do back like diary, diary books, Can please? we do diary books, please? Yeah. 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 <laughs> maybe we'll have to do just a diary unit at some point oh my gosh yeah yeah see, what, see what's out there dear america <laughs> now first one's going or the old old style one i already know what it would be um, which one the cleopatra book no no marie no. antoinette no 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 which one no, it wouldn't be any of those which one which one <laughs> it wouldn't be any of those Tell it wouldn't be a, one of the royal diaries ones. oh gotcha it would yeah. be a totally different like historical diary book yeah 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 all right, cool. Well, we're kind of talking about like what we're going to do next. What so are we going to do next? get into that. Um, so next week we will be uh, finishing our journey with Ravenpaw with uh, uh, Ravenpaw's Path number three, The Heart of a Warrior by, of course, our good friend and conglomerate, Aaron Hunter. Yes. Um, I love this group week of after... people that make up one woman. <laughs> <laughs> the week after that, we're going to be continuing our submitted unit which was uh suggested to us <laughs> so, so, so like dreadfully <laughs> excited for this so so the unit as you may recall is uh gender gender swapped and technically the second one is supposed to be a classic and i don't know if this 
counts as a classic because it's only been around since 2015. But it's definitely one of the most notable of the genre. Absolutely. Um, And we haven't talked about it enough on this podcast yet. We haven't talked about it enough. Listen, we did Midnight Sun. We did... Some shit written by the woman who did we Fifty did Shades the of Grey, actually Fifty Shades of Grey. And now it's time to return to the Twilaverse. Oh, with, I like that. Twilaverse. With Stephanie Meyer's classic 2015 novel, Life and Death, Twilight and Yes! Starring, starring Bo, B-E-A-U, Bo instead of Bella, uh-huh. and Edith, E-D-Y-T-H-E, instead of Edward. Now, I believe that this was... Uh, basically a dare that Stephanie took upon herself where people were like, uh, if they this, were... book is, this book is so misogynistic. Bella sucks. And basically Stephanie Meyer was like, that's not fair. She only sucks because she's human. It's not because she's a woman. Here, let me show you. And then wrote this gender-swapped version. So it'll be very interesting to see kind of how the gender politics play out in this Re-imagined I can't wait. Twilight. Is every character going to be gender swapped or just the two of them? Because I believe every character is gender Amazing. Yes, because I have read bits of this when it was when it was oh first published God. because it was I did just double check. It was published basically with Twilight. Like so Yeah, it was the 10th year anniversary, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I did with a friend, uh we were at a bookstore and we were like what the fuck is this and did read excerpts from it um at a bookstore. So I I believe all of the characters are gender swapped, except Beautiful. for her parents, I think. Okay. I think the parents are still, because, of sense. course, it wouldn't make sense to have a mom be a police chief. No, that would sense. be giving a woman too much power. So, <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Incredible. Wild. Oh, it's going to be terrible. I love it. Uh, in the meantime, if you have any books or units you'd like for us to cover on the podcast, even if they aren't Twilight related, you can still tweet at us at ShovelwareCast or email us ShovelwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Otherwise, um, otherwise, I apologize. We're going to take out an NDA. I was going to apologize. <laughs> but only for me. Only for me. Um, if you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like. In the words of Jeanette Escudero, God, I hope we used a condom. A lifetime of constantly using disinfectant spray and antibacterial lotion, and I let a stranger put his germy penis in my very clean vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Swild. (laughs) Okay, Amazon. Amazon. You can't, you can't have in your, I understand it's a new edition. Uh You cannot put in your list of coming soon books, the Iliad. (laughs) Stop. Stop that. Have you ever heard of this little title? It's an indie, indie title called the Iliad. Yeah. Yeah. The author, his name's just like Homer. Just one word, one name. Just Homer. Yeah. He's going to be, going to be really, uh, really hot. Yeah. God, that is, um, yeah, it is Homer. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> the doubt I felt. 